the heels of just talking about the need for community, one of the things I was going to say when we were talking about that, which relates to what you just said, is we also have to learn to understand how we're un- we are uniquely wired. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody who is uh, more introverted, to tell them that their sole purpose in life is to hang out with people all the time, that's going to literally be a hell for mm-hmm. them. Uh, but at the same time, um, it's important to be in relationship with someone and it's important to be in relationship. And if you're somebody who's uh, in a relationship to, to not have your soul relational life be dependent on your, you know, you, you know, for me to have it depend on only my wife mm-hmm. and my two kids, you know, to, to have those people in your life that can be. You know, you look at Jesus, he, you know, he had his 12, but he also had his three, mm-hmm. the, those people that, that he really invested in and, and, and knew him beyond uh, what maybe some of the casual observers would, would know him to be and, or, or, or have gotten to know him to be. And so I think it is a balance. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, if, if you've never read the book Quiet by Susan Cain, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic book and it talks about... Uh, how to exist as an intro, as an introvert in a world that's been wired mm-hmm. for extroverts. Yeah. You know, so you, know, you think about the church, and the church says, "Well, you, you have to do groups. You have to do groups. You have to do groups." Well, myself in a small group sometimes is a train wreck because yeah. you know that's just <laughs> it's forced community. Yeah, yeah. But you get me into a a, a, a conversation with somebody. Uh, you know, knowing that there's a ton of people that are listening to it, but it feels that you and I are having a, a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. To me, a, rela- a conversation like this feeds me because mm-hmm. I'm able to 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 just to ha- to have that interaction, that dialogue, that that coming together, yeah. and, and 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 we know that it's 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 based on something that's bigger than ourselves, yep. and that that ties us together. Paul talks about that in mm-hmm. Ephesians. Let you know, let, let be be unified mm-hmm. together, be bound together, and I think. It's important, but you also need to tend to, you know, what are your social rhythms and comfort mm-hmm. levels and all. You that have stuff. to find, yeah, for sure, and mm-hmm. I, that takes no. It, it 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 takes a significant amount of like self awareness, yeah. to be able to. That most people that haven't dealt with anxiety or things yeah. like the way you and I have, yep. I think that you and I probably have more self awareness than uh, people who have not. That with us yeah, because yeah. you have to you, you have to be to, yeah, yeah you, you it's a to in order to survive and exist in the yeah. world you have to be very aware of what yeah. how I'm feeling what I'm thinking all the time yeah. um, and I have become somebody because I this I, I love talking to people my favorite I've had some of the best conversations about like God accidentally yeah. when I went to a bar with one person and we sat and talked and it's like you know I want to I want to ask you about most of the time people just want to tell me why they don't believe in God, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. I'm okay to listen to. Yeah, That's totally. fine. I want to hear it. I, I typically, you, you'll probably, I think you'll probably think this is true. I typically find they actually don't believe in the church not as much as they right. don't believe in yeah. God. But, yeah. um, but if I'm somebody, if I've been sitting and I've been isolated, I can feel that when that comes on and I've started doing this thing and I would encourage people to do this. I just call somebody. Yeah. I'll just call somebody. Like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Nothing. All right, let's talk. And I'll yeah. talk to him for two, three hours yeah. just yeah. on the phone about everything. Yeah. And I hang out and I feel great, you yeah. know? Um, but you have to know when it, it's getting to that point. And yeah, I spent exactly. a lot of my life as probably you did too, not being aware of it. Yeah. And dealing with the consequences of what happened when I let myself go too far down that road. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have, to, yeah. We're we're created to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we were talking about affair. We're fine. We would survive apart, but we're better together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. 
Um, so, do, okay. Do you, are you preaching here every weekend? I preach about uh, about three weeks a month. Okay. So three out of four usually, typically. Uh, this month it's two out of four just because that's the way the mm-hmm. schedule. And you're doing revive, most of revive too? No, I actually, in the last uh, six months, uh, we have a new director for revive. Her name is Jamie Richards. Oh, okay. So she leads the young adult ministry here. So I think my bald spot got big enough that they finally kicked me out of there. So, <laughs> no, it's like almost, someone standing going, yeah, and you're yeah, not a young adult. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> you have two kids. You're, you know, you, you're, uh, you're almost out of your thirties. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, uh, I, I aged out of that. So uh, I typically, uh, my my typical hangouts are, um, so Pastor Mike, who's a senior pastor here at Hope, um, his primary run is our Saturday five p.m. service. Sunday, 9, 15, and 11. Mm-hmm. I will, and then we, in addition to that, we have an 8.30 and an 8 o'clock service on Sunday morning. So usually we'll, one of us will take one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of has a split where one of us will do 8.30, the other will do the 8 a.m. And then I do our Sunday night at 5 p.m. service. Which if you're in West Des Moines and you're thinking about coming, come to the 5 o'clock on Sunday because there's less people. Yeah, it's, it's less crowded. It's way more chill, but, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're... Was now I want to talk about public speaking yeah. because uh, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Was that a fear that you had that you had to overcome? It sounds like it might have been for you. I, I don't know if I've ever. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'll ever overcome it. You know, I. Uh, um, every, every week uh, I'm just on this side of sheer terror. Um, one because th- there's that whole. Um, introverted thing that being in front of that many people it doesn't just it just doesn't come natural uh and also um you know i i never took a speech class or anything like that and so there's this aspect of you you have maybe it's just me but i have the reality of uh i i i don't really have anything much to say or i i don't know that for me Somebody told me one time people have a stronger fear of public speaking than they do of death, yep. and I, I'd probably put myself in that same category. And so, um, you know, you, you could ask my wife about every week before I, I go up. I, I look at her. I'm like, I think I just forgot everything I'm going to say. I just, oh and then gosh. she always has to say, No, you, you you remember it. But I just, you know, my my hands get a little sweaty. Yeah. My hand, my hands will typically be shaking. And and I asked my dad one time who was. Uh, you know, he's, he's a pastor. He was a phenomenal communicator. And I just said, when do you quit getting nervous? And he said, when you retire. And I said, well, that's great. That's not what I want to hear. I want to know if there's some. But, you know, I've talked to Pastor Mike about it. And um, and Mike is, t- in my estimation, he's one of the greatest communicators I've ever I heard. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, inside the church, outside of the church. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just think that he... Uh, is a his ability to communicate um, effectively and to keep people's attention is unlike anybody. And but uh, Mike and I were talking about it, and, and and he's the same way. He's somebody who's always nervous to to speak yeah. in front of people. Really? So, but I and I don't think it's a prerequisite because I also know people who are are gifted, incredible communicators that aren't scared of it. But. You know, I just think it's one of those one of those things that you know some some people are scared of spiders, and yeah. I guess 
uh, maybe public speaking's my spider. You know, yeah, I just, yeah, it scares me. I know it's not going to probably hurt me, but I'm still scared of it. So. <laughs> every time I, um, every time I, I preach anywhere, like when yeah. I, when people ask me to come do that, which yeah. is happening more now. Yeah. But, um, I, I start with, it's funny you said that thing about death and stuff. Yeah. I start with, there's a Sein, Jerry Seinfeld joke that goes, uh, uh, the number one fear in America is public speaking and death is number two. So for most of you, if you had to be at a funeral, you'd rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll talk about, um, see, I think it, it's interesting to me because I think I'm kind of opposite of that. It, yeah. I, uh, for whatever reason, and it's like it just happened one day. I yeah. couldn't even tell you why, but I just... I, I always enjoy it. I like being in front of people. Um, maybe I have like a narcissism thing. I don't know. No, but I would, <laughs> I would agree with you because I'm, I'm, I'm scared out of my mind until I get up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so once I get up there, then uh, it, it's then there's a calm that's there. It's the anticipation of it, I, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, somebody could hear that and say, well, then if, if, you, if you don't like it so much, then why would you do it? No, I absolutely love it. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah. it. Um, but... It doesn't make it so it's not. Yeah, it is hard. It's still nerve wracking mm-hmm. for me and, and scary. But I still, um, I I really, I really enjoy it. You know, enjoy it like you. Anybody who does who who is able to do whatever they love to do in their work, mm-hmm. you, know, you just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for for some people. You know, my brother. Um, He's uh, in hospital administration, and I look at some of the stuff he does on a day-to-day basis, and I'm like, boy, that would be like getting teeth pulled without Novocaine. But for for him, he just loves it. Yeah. And so it's just the way that he was wired. Yeah. I, I have a lot of people that uh, that say, because working as a paramedic and stuff, they're yeah. well, I don't know how you do that. And a lot of the time, like, they work in insurance, they're accountants, they're that kind of stuff. Yep. I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how you do what you do either. Right, exactly. That, that, yep. So no one's better than anyone. No. We're all just meant to do something different. You know? Exactly. And that's fine. Yeah. Do you, I'm just, this is just me being curious. Do you use notes when you talk? I don't. I don't um, either. That's interesting. Yeah, I, but it's not that I go off the cuff. Right. So I don't, uh, you know, I, when I was in seminary, I had somebody in one of my uh, preaching uh, courses that said, well, you just can't go off the top of your head all the time. And I said, oh, no, it's not off the top mm-hmm. of my head. That would be terrifying. For somebody mm-hmm. who's scared to get up and talk in front of people, what would be scarier is going up in front of people without anything to say and yeah. talking. So, But um, what, what, what my typical routine is is I'll start looking at whatever uh, at, at whatever scripture it is that is the kind of the foundation for that week. And I'll start reading through that and just see what 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 grabs what grabs me what 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 pops out, and then go from there just to start really just kind of writing down ideas on it and studying mm-hmm. different ideas. Like if it's uh, you know taking our com- conversation today, if it would be something about anxiety, start to look up at it and where where are there. Um, where is their information on whatever said subject is and then start do, doing that research and then taking all those things and starting just to, to see how that puzzle starts to fit together. And then, um, then I have just, just different chunks that I want to talk about. Yeah. And then I start to just verbally go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I know what that flow is and then I'll just go over it enough times that by the time I give it, uh, it's, it's in it's in my head, yeah. you know, and it's so it's not, you know, if I give two sermons in a row on a weekend, they're not going to be word for word carbon copies yep. of one another, but they're going to be the same. You know what's? I swear I'm not making this up. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. I, I if I have to give a talk on something, 
I will uh, collect materials. I'll have an idea of what I want to say about it. And then I will, I've done this for every single time I've ever spoken anywhere. I get in my car, drive out somewhere away from the city, and I just talk. Yeah, that's what I do when I'm running on Saturdays. Oh, really? Yeah, I just go through it. So, you know, like this last Saturday here in in West Des Moines, it was raining like nobody's business. My girlfriend Uh, ran the Drake Half Marathon. Yeah, I was going to run it, and I'm like, (laughs) but the reason I didn't run it is because I wanted to go over my sermon. So that morning I ran 12 and a half miles through the driving rain, but the whole time I was running, I was just... I was just going over my sermon. Mm-hmm. I was just going over it, and that gives me the undistracted time just to go through it. So yeah. I've done all the work, got all my stuff, got my kind of my, my my points in the order I want them, and then I just go out and typically will run mm-hmm. and just go over it while I run. So do you uh, do you listen to yourself afterwards? I I because I the only reason I ask is because I hate doing. It. Yeah, I, hate I so I have I have, I have some people who. Um, yeah, you know, I'll anybody who has feedback, I'll listen to it. But then I have there are those people that you have that you know yep. will give you very honest and loving feedback. So, um, you know, there was one of them one time just said, "Hey, I don't know if you noticed that you were doing this, uh, but you use and I'll, I'll I'll share it for everyone. It's not anything to be." Embarrassed, but I was using the phrase "each and every single one of us." I was using it all the time, and I didn't. <laughs> and it was like, just like I don't know if it was just this this habit that I had developed, or if it was a nervous habit, or whatever it was. But I'd say, you know, this is something that each and every single one of us. And then I'd say later, each and every single one. And so this person was able to say, "I don't know if you realize it, but this is something you said four times in your sermon today." Yeah, and it does, didn't take away from your sermon. But you may want to just be aware that that doesn't become a habit mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. you know. And so, or um, you know, you touch your you touch your head in this place, or you tend to look in this place, or you close your eyes. You know, somebody who can just look at and be able to give you an honest feedback. Because what I will say to people is, I'd rather have a, a person that I really know and trust that they have the my best interest in mind tell me my fly is down. Yep. Before I get up in front of a couple thousand people with my fly totally. down for everyone to see totally. it, you know, like yeah. I just I would I want to know if there's something that I need to be really yeah. working on. The hardest part of doing this podcast for me is that I listen to all of them. Yeah, and I first of all hate my own voice. Yeah, I, I can't stand it, but I listen to it just to hear because I want to hear how I'm doing. We, we were talking about mm-hmm. before we started that I'm not I don't really interview, so yep. I guess I do now. But and you said you're working on it. yeah yeah. You, so you I'm trying yourself and I realize I have to listen to myself. It's the same with yep. like my music. Like yep. I hate listening to myself sing, but I have to do it if I yep. want to get better at it. Yep. But I have something similar. I have like three three or four people that. They listen to this, and I, I've given them permission. Yep. If you hear me using a phrase too much, if you hear me saying um a lot, if I'm yep. stumbling over my question, like, tell me. Please tell so me. So that yeah. I can fix it, because I might not hear it. Yep, exactly. Because I kind of tune out when I'm listening to it, well, honestly, because I don't like hearing myself. Well, and it's also like, uh, so I taught English, mm-hmm. and what I would tell my students is you have to have somebody else read your paper. Because yeah. you can comb through and proofread, but you're the one who put those words down, so your mind is going to skip over it without even noticing it, even if you go over with a fine-tooth comb, where somebody else will look at it and immediately something will pop out to them because it, because they're looking at it from a different yep. angle. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I used to proofread papers in college, and I would find things, and I'm like, hey, I, I don't understand what this yeah. means, like whole yeah. chunks of stuff. Yeah. And people go, well, I understand what it means. I'm like, well, that's fine, but you need to be able to explain to me what it says. Exactly. It's, it's not it's not linear. It makes exactly. sense. Yep. You know? yep. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on the end, I think, timing-wise here. 
Um, at the end of these, sometimes yeah. we do a little rapid fire of questions okay. if you're up for Let's that. Let's go for it. Cool. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, this, this has been, been a lot of fun. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'll have to have you back. There's that, been a couple people that have wanted to do it twice. So. Be, yeah, well, well, we'll wait to see what the public's yeah, opinion is. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so so if you don't call, I, you know, I'll realize You'll that realize, I totally bombed oh, on Oh, man, yeah. that didn't go. <laughs> yeah. He stopped doing the and podcast then my anxiety, after he came on. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, then my anxiety will kick in and I'll worry about it. And I'll go back to square one. I'll remember that and I'll call you anyway. Exactly. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. Um, what's the last thing you read? What's the last thing I read? Um, uh, book Rogue Lawyer by John Grisham. I love Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Just the story for a story. Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading a book by Mike, Michael Connolly right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was, I'm one of those, I think that people that uh, do theology academically, we get pretentious for a while. And yeah. I was like not reading fiction at all. Yeah. And now I've recently started the last couple of years again, and I'm like, oh, there's not Oh, it's mind like, candy. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. mind candy. Yeah. I, yeah. So cool. Um, last movie you saw? Uh, my son's in Star Wars, so we just watched Force Awakens again. <sighs> How good is it, though? It's, it's pretty so awesome. Good. Yeah. And to have your kids into it, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. How old is your son? Uh, he, well, it's probably, probably going to get my kids taken away. He's only five and a half, but oh, he, lo- he loves Star Wars. That's fine. One of his, my, my wife was gone one weekend, uh, and so he had just heard about Star Wars. So we watched the original trilogy, episode four, five, and six. In the span of three days, we watched them all twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, weird. I think I saw that yeah. on Facebook. Or oh, something. it was hilarious. I yeah. was like, that seems like oh, awesome. it was amazing. Yeah, yeah it, it was so great. much fun. They were they were like humming the Star Wars theme song when my wife got home, and so mm-hmm. it was the best ever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, are you guys Netflix people? Do you watch much? No, we. The embarrassing. I love. Um, Shows like The Amazing Race, Survivor, <laughs> Biggest Loser, because I love to see the human story, yeah, like yeah. the actual human story. And yes, it's edited and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I, but I love like this. This will get me kicked off anything. But I like the show Fixer Upper because I love to yeah. see what they do with it yeah. and the, the the exchange that happens between. You know, I love that show too. Yeah, it's yeah. just and so uh, my wife and I watch a lot of stuff like that. Like, and we, you know, we'll, we'll try to get into series, different TV series, but. Uh, for me, it's usually sports or something like like tonight's Wednesday night. Tonight we'll watch Survivor and we look forward to it. Get the kids to bed early, you know. Tell, <laughs> tell them it's later than. Jeremy, you haven't. I, I, that's twice now. You've said you're a fan of something that completely surprised oh, me. Oh yeah. Dave Matthews didn't have you pegged at all. Survivor <laughs> didn't see that uh, one. Coming. At least I'm fooling somebody. You are, man. You, you totally caught yeah. me off guard, which I love. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, what is uh, something that if you could recommend that everybody read, maybe along the lines of like a like yeah. theology or something along? Yeah, the something that's actually has some sort of substance to it. I would say um, this is this is an old one. It's it's really old, but I but I really really enjoyed it, and it was at the kind of the uh, beginning of that influx of faith in my life, but. Um, the, the t- Blue Like Jazz and Velvet Elvis. Yep. So Blue Like Jazz by Donald Miller, Velvet Elvis by Rob Bell. Uh, Bob Goff recently wrote some read, wrote something called Love Does. Uh, those aren't super deep theological books, but they they introduce the concept of God and the the idea of a of a of a benevolent God, a loving God, and in, in, in the person Jesus in incredible ways. Mm-hmm. I think that really helped to articulate it, and so that. That for me is, you know, it's I I think really deep theological books are wonderful, um, but at the same time, sometimes for for most people, there's not a lot that's in it that's useful mm-hmm. or so, accessible. Yeah, exactly, tangible. Yeah, yeah. tangible. Yeah. So I totally agree. Yep. 
I, I yeah, having had to read all that stuff in college. Yep. I, I like it, but I've just never found. I don't use it when I preach ever. Yeah. It's just because it, a lot of time you have to walk people into that concept. Exactly. And that takes a while. Yeah. And you know, we got 45 minutes. I yeah, can't exactly. get you all the yeah. way there, you know. Um, did you read the? I have a question, actually. I love those books, first yeah. of all. Did you read those around that same time? Was that a part of your yeah, transition? I did, yeah. So I started, you know, I had this awakening in faith. And just that's the same time where both of those guys were starting to really kind of come on. Uh, on the scene, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I kind of got to hold anything that, that I could, and those yeah. seem to be. I think I've read everything. I've just started reading How to Be Here, Rob's new one. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I uh, met a guy who interned for Rob Bell when he was first out of seminary. Yeah. So and he was talking about some just so he, he lived with Rob Bell for a while, and so he con- con- considers him a friend. And yeah. They still communicate and. Just interesting to hear stuff about, you know, because he's, Rob Bell is a provocative writer. Mm -hmm. He writes in a way that provokes you to think. You can't read it and not have an opinion on it. You can't read it and go, well. Yeah, that is, it is. So he writes in a way, and I think that's part of the reason he writes, is to get people to start thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about it is, um, there, I don't agree with everything he writes Mm -hmm. by no means, but I like what, I like the way he, he, tries to get you to think and wrestle with yeah. things and so that's that's part of his engagement I agree, I agree. part of the it's it's funny but I, it's sort of naturally brought us to this point part of the way that i think i became better at public speaking was i would watch him do it yep and then maybe he did this too and i would go well i'll just act like that yeah. until i figure out how i'm going to do it yeah, you know yeah, they, yeah. they told us perry told me once um that he had read somewhere that they recommend if you don't know a song very well or you don't know how to how to sing it, just try and sound like the person that's singing it until you figure out how you're going yeah, to you sing. Yeah, you find your own voice. Exactly, yeah. but he's yeah. like, that's a place to start, and I think I did that with preaching too. I was like, oh, yeah. sound, try and sound yeah. like Rob yeah. until yeah. I figure out how I'm going to sound. Yeah. you know, one of his uh, the the was it the gods aren't angry mm-hmm. is a, a message that he did was that was really good. He I he he listened to one or I listened to one that when he was still at Mars Hill. Yeah. That they, he did on Easter, and he said something in it that I that resonates with me every Easter, which is the good news of the gospel is not that one day we all abandon this place; it's that God hasn't abandoned this place. Exactly. And it, it was one of those things that has I've carried with me, yep. and now I've started yep. putting the yep. pieces together yep. of what all that means. But yeah. Yeah. I never forgot it, and it was just a random like I listened to it on a podcast, you know, that they were podcasting yeah. instruments. And, um, but that's I, I like I enjoy finding. Uh, truth and things that are not like um, listening to a lot of uh, artists and and co- like even comedians. Comedians are some of the most like self aware. Oh, totally, yeah. People and listening to them be interviewed. There's a lot of truth in what they're talking about, yep. uh, but they they would also claim like I don't go to church, I don't believe in yeah. that. But it's like oh, but you're you're preaching though, man. Like yeah. I hear it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I went to a, a church conference and uh, a couple of people. This was probably ten years ago now, but a couple of the people that I went with. Uh, would make fun of me because of my just my I I would call my fandom of uh, Dave Matthews. They would probably call it my obsession with Dave <laughs> Matthews at the time. But there's a guy by the name of Walt Mueller, and Walt Mueller did a lot of work on pop culture in the church, and he had a breakout session called uh, "Busted Stuff." It was right after that album Dave Matthews mm-hmm. came out. It was called "Busted Stuff: What Dave Matthews Can Teach Us About Youth Ministry," and it was all about that exact thing that uh, so much of not just Dave Matthews' music, but so much of popular culture's music 
contains two thirds of the biblical narrative. But what is what what people are wrestling the most with is with the redemption. Yeah. And so what they get is pain. And what they get is this, what we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast mm-hmm. is this tension that this is the way life should be, but yep. it's not. Yeah. And so they identify that so so incredibly well, and they long that it would have some sort of a resolution. Mm-hmm. And what you want to say is like, uh, when the new Coldplay album came out, I was running one morning and I was listening to it. And the whole time I was listening to it, I had this like faux reality going on in my brain about wanting to call Chris Martin and, and say, hey, man, uh, you are, your music is so close to to, to the answer yeah. that's found in Jesus Christ. And I wanted, and so then I have this reality of like thinking, well, well maybe I should try to contact him. Like how many hack pastors yeah. have tried to do the same thing? <laughs> so put your fantasy to bed and just finish that's your run so and, and enjoy his music. But I, you know, that's, you know, you think about when, when his relationship, his marriage ended, that, that album was just so filled mm-hmm. with with pain and with agony and now this 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 last one has a little bit more of of the joys kind of kicking back into mm-hmm. it but still they're, they're like it's like one step removed yeah. from hearing the good news of, of the gospel that's that boy I like that because that that is the you find this truth but it doesn't have it's like a it's like a chord that doesn't resolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's just like you, you, you. We hit the seventh, and we're supposed to go to the one, and we're just it's hanging out. And so like, close. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel done. Is it done? Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, that's crazy. I wrote. Um, I wrote once for like I was blogging, and I wrote a three part uh, essay series that was all about all. I found all this truth in the movie Moneyball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. all yeah. over it, man. Yeah. Like yeah. the just uh, the themes of God using people that everybody had said you're yeah. not good enough. Yeah. Obviously, like the the nobody believes in what we're doing. The he hit a home run and he yeah. didn't even know it. Like just all over that movie. So, so this is we're way over time and that's cool. But I'm that okay is that. the reality. Uh, of the world that we live in is we've done a good job of distancing what we name as secular from that mm-hmm. which we name as sacred mm-hmm. when everything every so there is truth whether a person names it as truth or not doesn't get to determine whether we can see God's truth in it yep and so when we see truth we know what truth is and and I think you know for those of us who uh, are, 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 are believers in Jesus, the opportunity we have, not in a heavy-handed, like, hey, I got you kind of way, but in the most loving, in the most loving, genuine love way we can is to share with people that's exactly right. So we, my wife and I went to Israel this November, and on the way home, we sat next to a guy. So it's a 13-hour flight. We sit next to a guy by the name of Ofer. He's from Tel Aviv, but he spends half of his time in Manhattan. He's in uh, commercial real estate. 50, 50, he's a, he has dual citizenship. Every two weeks, he makes a journey back and forth. Mm-hmm. Two weeks in Manhattan, two weeks in Tel Aviv. So we sit next down, down next to him, and I realize we have 13, hour, 13 hours next to this guy. He's in the aisle. We're in the middle. So you want to get to be good friends. So we yeah. have to get up to go to the bathroom he's not going to get angry with you so we start talking he has a book on running so we're talking about running and um we start to get to know each other um he shares what he does um i didn't he didn't ask so i didn't share with him what i did uh and then you know he started doing his own thing we started doing our own thing but an hour hour and a half later we kind of re-engage start start talking again my wife asked him the question um, because we had seen it our two weeks in Israel, 
how did he feel about all the tension, the religious tension that exists in Israel? What was his perspective yeah. of it? And he started to share with the fact, us the fact that that's why he's an atheist. Well, at this time, he doesn't know that I'm a pastor. Right. And, uh, and, and really, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he starts sharing all this stuff. And so then I asked him, I said, so what do you, he had two daughters. He has two daughters. And I asked him, I said, so what do you believe? Um, and what do you teach your, your kids? He said, well, we just teach our daughters. And he starts to lay out the foundation of what he and his wife live by and what he teaches, what they've taught their daughters to live by. And I told him, I said, oh, for that's, that's fascinating. So that, I'm a pastor at a church in Iowa. Um, and I said, I just want to say what you're describing, you know, to give to people who are in need, to love people who need to be loved. I said, what you're naming is the biblical definition of love. Mm-hmm. I said, in the New Testament, that love yeah, in the man. Greek is agape. And agape means God's love. Uh, but when you start to dig around in that word, it starts to mean charitable love. And why does a charity exist? A charity exists to give to those who cannot provide their needs what they need. Mm-hmm. And that's I said, that's what you're telling your daughters to do. And unfortunately, the context in which you've grown up, you've only experienced religion to be an enemy of other people, mm-hmm. where, where, where the God that uh, came into this world in Jesus Christ isn't the God that came to be an enemy, he's the God that came to be a friend yeah. and, came, and came to be close and came to restore and came to... And so we had this incredible... Uh, conversation and, and now he listens to uh, Hope sermons online oh, and man, that's you know, so we cool. Facebook back and forth yeah. quite a bit yeah. and you know he you know he's, he's said you know you guys need to come out to New York and hang out there and, you go uh, I would you know it, it's one of those things that that's a relationship uh, but you know all of that to say I th- think there's a lot of people get a misunderstanding of what the what the church is and what yeah. sacred is and all of that stuff yeah. I agree. When, what we get the opportunity to do is, in a loving way, I can tell my friend Ofer that love that you hope to live by, that's the love that Jesus demonstrated. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sorry that you haven't experienced that. Yeah. But I'd love for you to. I, and we'll just, we'll go as long as, yeah. if I have to cut this into two parts, that's okay. fine. It just occurred to me while you were talking, I was like, I could just put two of them up. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so worried about it. Yeah. Um, However, if you have to go at some point. I have a three o'clock, so we have some time yet. Please tell me. Okay, so I I am, um, the the, the experience that I've had with most people when, uh, because when I joined the Navy, and there's a lot of people that claim not to believe in God in the Navy, a lot. Yeah. And when they find out you're a religion major and you're a church church person, they all of a sudden wanted to, in my face, tell me why they don't believe in God. And I'm like, okay, like we said before, I was like, okay, let's have that conversation. But here's the thing, man. A lot of the time they would say, I don't believe in a God that does this and this and this. I was like, cool, me either. What are you going to talk about now? You know, like, it's like, that's not the God I believe in either. Exactly. And, and telling them that, you know, true, I choose to call that truth God. I choose to call the community things we're doing right now. I would call this having church. I would call it bearing witness to the tensions of, of, that we talked about before. I would call it all those things. Some people don't call it that, but they're still like, yeah, but we should take care of each other. I don't go around hating people. I don't. And I'm like, man, you're almost better at doing Jesus things than people who claim because we get caught up similar to what we were talking about before about we get caught up in all this stuff with work and we forget to be relational. We do. 
I think in the church sometimes we can get caught up in doing the church things yeah. and not doing the Jesus. So, so, so why did Jesus come? Jesus came uh, because there were created by the fall of creation. There were all of these layers that existed between humanity and God. The layers were sin, brokenness, relational strife, all that stuff. And it was, then it was it was tried. Those things were tried to be. Uh, they attempted to alleviate those things by doing good things. Yeah. And what Jesus did is he came to take away anything that would stand between uh, humanity, God's creation, and God. And to say, you can you can be back in relationship, which is how you're created to be. Whether you believe it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you accept it or not, you're created to be in, in, in relationship with God. And so Jesus came to, 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 to restore that. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes what... Uh, People, I think, unintentionally, I hope, have done is they've put layers back in. Yeah. So you need to you need to you need to say these things. You need to pray these things. You need to be in these types of groups. You need to do all of these things. You need to read your Bible. God doesn't tell us to read His Word because somehow He wants to make another layer between between God and and us. He tells us to read His Bible because in that. The layers get removed. Mm-hmm. God didn't give us uh, boundaries in life to inhibit us from experiencing it. He said, "No, if you take these other things out, you're you're gonna you're gonna have more joy. You're gonna have more peace. You're gonna have more faithfulness. You have more mm-hmm. gentleness. You have more self-control. All of these things. Th- this is a gift. It's not a lot, but unfortunately, we've kind of re- we we've we've put religion in the hands." of humans rather than of God. Yeah. And we find, you know, when we look at, like when I look at the Bible, and this is just the, the what I've come to believe is that I don't necessarily care if I can prove to you that I have all of it happened, but I believe it's true because it happens. Yep. Um, and it's similar, like we even said before, it was like, you're Jonah, man, you know, yep. You, yep. like that happens. People yep. are called to yep. something, they yep. run away yep. from it. Yep. Uh, the prodigal son happened. I hear that happen. All the time. All the time. All the time, yeah. Those stories, and so when we read the Bible, what pervades is that, no matter what, uh, this relationship will still be there. No yep. matter what you do, it's going to be there. From cover to cover, mm-hmm. the Bible does nothing but tells of God's great love. And there are there are stories in it, especially in the Old Testament, that are confusing. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, how do you explain this? Tell me. Give me the... Uh, and, and, and sometimes what you need to say is, I, I can't explain that to mm-hmm. you. I... I, I what I can do is I can see the hand of God, the thread that weaves the whole thing together of a God that will do anything to get back in relationship with his people. But there are stories in the Old Testament where things happen where you're like, that, I, I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. However, I, I believe that when uh, when we come face to face with God, when um, it, you know, it says that when we enter God's kingdom, we, we will see things clearly. With perfect clarity, it says. So all of a sudden, we'll be able to see all of those things and understand all of those things. But it's okay to not have every blank filled out yep. on the hand, on the, the the question. Embracing mystery, right? Yep. We just don't do that. It's faith, and yeah. and yeah, it is. And Richard Rohr said, "In this is like the fourth one in a row I've mentioned yeah. Richard Rohr. I was trying not to do it, but um, <laughs> he said he defines mystery not as that which is uh, unexplainable, but that which is un, uh, that is endlessly true. Yeah. 
like the the cool thing about the mystery of God is that you'll just keep discovering truth that never yep. stops. Yep. Yep. So you'll never go like, yeah, I get it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done understanding yeah. it. And you're not going to. There's always going to be things like that yep. that you look at and go, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe one day we'll find out what the truth about that is because yep. I believe it's there. Yep. But right now I don't know, and we have we have to be okay with not yeah. knowing. But we're not a society that's okay with not knowing ever. Exactly, because you know? we, 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 we want – it's so it's what we talked about earlier with uh, uh, the adolescence, the coming mm-hmm. of age, it's learning. It's we, We've all of a sudden said, okay, now I have the option. I have a palette of things that I can choose from. I'm going to choose the things that I want – um, and so we we we, we want to have all the answers because yeah. I can choose and and it's not that that's a bad thing but I think about um, I think about before we had so much informa- before people had so much information in their hands I, I have to think that maybe faith was a little bit easier I would think so I agree because you didn't you didn't have the ability to you know I I, I can you know you think about you could create a list. Uh, you can go. We could go back and forth. You say one thing, I'll say the next thing of things that we could learn about just by using our computers and googling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could find out how to repair a car. I could find. I mean, it doesn't mean I could repair a car, but I could know how to find it. Could find out why you know this happened. I mean, so we 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 want to explain everything. C.S. Lewis says, I, I believe uh, in 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 Jesus. I believe in Christianity. Uh, because just as I do the rising of the sun, not because I can see everything, not just because I can see everything by it, but because... I'll just go ahead and interrupt. Oh, are you guys on the air? Oh, well... But now Pastor fine. Mike is on the air. Now Mike is on the air, too. Hey, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> Good to see you. Hi, hi, everyone watching Chris's podcast. Good to see you. Um, the senior Pastor Mike. Yeah, fun. he's... Special guest. Is he your 3 o'clock? No, he's not my 3 o'clock. Oh, he's just sticking his yeah, head. Yeah, he's just sticking his head. Um... I, I want to real. We, we will wrap on this point, which is that uh, the com- stand-up comedian Pete Holmes said something about mystery again. Yeah. Preaching, man. Yeah. He says there was a time if you didn't know where Tom Petty was born, you just didn't know. Yeah. And he said he goes, and then you had to go ask people, and you yeah. had to talk to them and say, yeah. "Do you know?" And they go, "You know what? I've never thought about it. I don't know." And then they'd have to go ask someone. And then he talks about finally you found somebody that knew. Yeah. And the end of the joke is, and that's how you met your wife. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just because yeah. you had to go talk to. Because you actually couldn't do it in a vacuum. Because we couldn't just sit and go, "Well, I'm going to sit at home and I'll find out all the yeah. things I want to know, and I'll never go talk to Jeremy because he doesn't have anything to tell me yeah. that my phone can't tell." Yeah, exactly. We just we need that. It's yep. it's, it's lost, man. This has been great. That's Thanks been for fun. doing this. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Um, Jeremy is here at Hope in West Des Moines. Um, it's pretty easy to, to find him if yeah. you um, Jeremy Johnson at hopewdm.org. There you go. If you want to continue having the conversation, which is what these are all about, yeah. um, you can also come see him on the weekends uh, if you want to hear him talk. Um, you can follow me on the Twitter at Chris Petrick. There's not a lot of things to follow, but you can do it anyway. And also, excitingly enough, if you want to hear me talk, I am t- I'm speaking at uh, Thrive UMC in West Des Moines on the 22nd of May. So if any of you are in the West Des Moines area and you want to come hear me uh, run my mouth in person, um, <laughs> you can do that. You're welcome to do that. Um, lots of episodes coming up. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Jeremy. Thank you for doing this, man. Thank you, man. We'll have to come do it for another hour and a half. (laughs) For those of you who stuck with us, uh, you have earned a special place. No, just kidding. Yeah. 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 If you stuck all the way up, congratulations. And there's something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's see everybody next week.